welcome to episode three of Comedy Keys Podcast, the podcast for music directors of the comedy arts. Today's episode features Steve Sorrow, and we're going to be talking about some underscoring. Alrighty, today we are sitting down with Steve Sorrow, who is a music director at Improv Boston and also at Art Barn, and has taught classes uh, in musical improv and... Uh, lots of things. Played lots of lots shows of around things. the greater Boston area. Yes. Hello. Hey. So thanks for coming here. in. Thanks Thank for you, being Scott. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for being my uh, my guinea pig number two. Yes, and it's, it's very exciting. Uh, yeah. So we were chatting about what we should talk about on this podcast, and you were saying you really have a lot of thoughts about underscoring. I do. That's kind of my favorite. Um, as much, I mean, not to discount how much I love musical theater, uh, in musical improv, and having people sing, but uh, the thing that immediately I latched onto as a new music director starting out was the idea of providing musical underscoring to scenes. Um, when I and I, when I first had my very first conversation with Mike Dakota at, at Improv Boston, and he was describing to me what the job was because I had never at that time seen a, a an improv improv show with a music director present, and I wasn't even aware that there existed such a thing as a music director. Yeah. Uh, so he had to really describe to me what that meant, and um, and I was like, oh, so you you like you're the soundtrack to the show, and that was so exciting to me, and I it became like my favorite immediate thing to do because it's it, it's so much fun to be that kind of a a player with the with the improvisers um, and be a scene partner for them in that way. Yep. And so you've done shows that are in like no singing period that is just accompaniment, right? Yeah. I mean, when I actually, especially my first couple of years music directing at the theater, there wasn't, Mike had um, started a movement of, of incorporating singing into a lot more of the shows, but at first it wasn't so established. And a lot of the improvisers who had been there for a while were really nervous about the idea of singing in shows. And I think they thought that with a music director came like, oh, well, then we have to sing. And I think a lot of them were relieved that I wasn't pushing the singing so hard and I could just right. just underscore their shows, which was a lot of fun. Downton IB was one of the first shows I did, um, a showcase show that was a takeoff, obviously, of Downton Abbey. <laughs> and um, and that was just so fun to, to only underscore, but in a, a sort of style that was very appropriate to the period um, that the show was set in. And uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, what's your musical background in? Like, what sort of training did you have? And do you feel like that sort of influences your underscoring? Yeah, uh, so I, I started playing, I had lessons from the age of five, and uh, I wanted to be, when I was little, I wanted to be a conductor of an orchestra, because <laughs> I saw a, a Sherry Lewis um, special on TV where she conducted an orchestra, and I just loved that she got to wave a big uh, stick at <laughs> a lot of people, <laughs> and I like grabbed chopsticks, and I would like be at the TV, like directing, conducting the, the TV, and my and I was like, that's what I want to do, and my, my parents were like, well... If you want to do that, you have to learn how to play the piano. And I'm like, fine, whatever I have to do to do that. And I, I didn't see the piano as like the end game. I just thought, oh, it's a step along the way to getting the stick to wave at people. And um, I hated it for a long time. I just like wasn't, I didn't care about piano as like a kid. I just, it was something that I could play, but I, I wasn't. But I, I did have kind of a, a talent for it, I guess. And so they made me take lessons all the way through high school like oh, wow. all the way I was like forced to take 
lessons. I took classical. Um, and it's one of those things where if I had actually applied myself, <laughs> I could be in a concert pianist right now. But uh, right. for the amount of time I spent, and it's like that with French, too. Like, if I should be fluent in French right now. But um, as it was, I literally just, I hated it. I was resistant. I showed up, and literally, like, that was when I played, was in my weekly lesson. Um, and that's, like, it bums me out when I think of that. But um, I, all those years of, of just experience... Um, I did get excited to play when I saw Phantom of the Opera. That's important mm. because when I saw that show um, in, in fifth grade, I was like, oh, I want to play the piano now and play these songs. And I learned the whole show on the piano and I you know, got the sheet music and everything. Um, so I would have bursts of, of enthusiasm. High school was when I started getting like, I, I like Fleetwood Mac uh, came out with something. I was like, oh, I could, that's cool. I can play that. Um, so that's when I started to actually think of uh, piano as something I wanted to do for my enjoyment. Um, and then Tori Amos. Oh, man, Tori Amos songs. Because I was such a huge, as most Tori Amos fans are, like intense <laughs> Tori Amos fans. But I got very into trying to learn her way of playing to such a point that I was so locked into a really unique, I mean, it very like recognizably Tori Amos style of playing. So I, I remember an early rehearsal I did where all the underscoring I did for that, exactly for that reason, started being very like Tori Amos, <laughs> which is like, it's like such a one note kind of style. And I think somebody called me out, uh, you know, yeah shadily like for a suggestion for uh, we were playing party courses I mean somebody threw out Tori Amos as the suggestion of somebody that should be entering the scene and it's like that's totally me um, oh there's a there's a great question uh, <laughs> being that Boston is such a renowned musical town with things like Berkeley uh, New England Conservatory and so many other schools around here that teach music do you ever feel intimidated by your audience Yes. Oh my God. Yes. That's so a good question. I, I, um, am, am, whenever there's, um, a musician around and especially when we have people like, you know, when a new music director is training, they'll shadow and they're literally looking over your shoulder while you're playing. And like, even last night, I, I just did a, a dinner theater gig last night where I was working with um, a guy who was acting in the show and I was going to be accompanying him for a song, but he himself is a musician and a music director. So, and he's, you know, very, um, you know, particular about how he like wanted the song to go and everything. But I'm, I feel so in that moment, like I am being watched and judged <laughs> by, by what yep. I'm doing. And yeah, it's in improv shows and everything. I always am, conscious than those moments of how much I play in the key of C. <laughs> There's no oh, this, black, you know, just no black just notes, just all white notes. Playing C major you the whole time. can't make any real mistakes yeah. in that key. Yeah, and then I'll, and then I overcompensate, like a rehearsal where I had somebody like shadowing me and looking over my, so I was like, all right, I'm going to play this one in like um, E flat, you know, <laughs> I'm going to play in a different, like challenge myself with different keys. <laughs> nice. Um, Cool. Let's jump back to underscoring. Yeah. What would you say are the different types of underscoring you find you do? If you were to categorize it into mm. a bunch of big, broad categories. Right. So there's, like, the I always mess up the rhyming thing, but when you're teaching improv, like, very 101, 201 improv classes, you're, like, you glad, sad, mad, a frad, and I think lust is the other, or love and love slash lust is the five, five thing. And that's how I look at underscoring, too. You have to make a bold 
simple, like emotionally simple decision about how how you feel. Not oversimplistic. I mean, in with the nuance of the scene and with character, and uh, but you are at your core playing one of those five things with your hands. So um, those are the five. I mean, and and there are obviously grains. It's a, you know within that, but uh, you know the, it's it's either scoring something that's happy or you know I, or uh, another thing it's it, aside from feeling you pick your feeling and then you pick the energy that you're giving to the scene so it's maybe um happy at a like hey euphoric like duh, 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 yeah. or it's like you know, I'm just so happy to be with you right now. And like, so I think that's it. That's yeah. it. Those are the categories for me. There's like, what is the feeling? And then what is the energy level of it? And I know that there's, um, there's all the, you know, music directing, you can talk in terms of uh, the, the other way that you can categorize it is in terms of you're either scoring the emotion of the scene or you're scoring the environments that you're in. So there's another way you can look at it. If you know that you're in a fancy restaurant right <laughs> then you can be like playing fancy you know as you would expect to have a nice um musician pianist in there or if it's a starry night you know um we should go over the piano we gotta go over the piano yeah, yeah. No, i my caricature of fancy restaurant piano playing is is this high up here and i don't really know any standards but if i did i'd be playing like uh Look at me, misty or something like that. But um, or it's a starry night, and you're like, like this is a starry night. But you know, I think that's also an um, it informs of an emotion too. I mean, if it's you're ha not having an argument under a starry night right. with this music, <laughs> like, it's like a nice, li lovely little time. So, um, I rarely score the environments because I think, okay, yeah, we've got it. We know where where the environment is. Um, if I'm, if all I'm doing is painting the environment, I don't think I'm adding anything compelling to the scene. Like that's a, yeah. one note that, um, unless there's something really off about it and unless there's something off about like this, for example, if we're in McDonald's, like <laughs> that, I love doing like, this is okay. The suggestion is Chili's like yeah. Chili's has like a fancy little piano. It's going great. That's something. But, um, usually I'm much more interested in scoring the emotion of a scene and the relationship that's happening. One of the challenges that I find with location is that it's also an offer that could very easily be ignored or not picked up, right? Because you don't necessarily know yeah. where they're going to set the location at the top of the scene, unless it's a specific suggestion. Oh, you're saying if we haven't even learned the location and you right. think you have your idea about where this location might be, yeah. you have to be so... Um, it's it's like any other offer, though, because you, you walk in, you think that you know where we are and then somebody labels it maybe you label it in a way that's a little subtle and if they then their label unless it's negating what you've said but you know what you're what you're saying on the piano um can be very like like where's a location that you might try to underscore like um like all right well that's pretty clear that you're going for Disneyland, right. the Disney World, but <laughs> so then, like, thanks for bringing me to this Arby's. This is really right. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, but then that's so that is what I love about improv is like this is an Arby's that is like 
got some kind of Disney obsession going on. Yeah, but then the so to your point, I think it's um, it's helpful if the people in the scene decide to pick up on that and incorporate it. Otherwise, it's like when the you have a scene partner on stage that nobody has acknowledged, and no, you're there's a whole scene going on on the right side of the stage, and nobody's talking about the person on the left side oh, of God. the stage. It's at some point like well. You've got to justify this at some point. So when that happens to you as the music director, when you're sort of the extra improviser that they forget <laughs> to acknowledge, <laughs> what options do you have? Um, what do you do? I just start playing harder. <laughs> you know. Well, no, not really. <laughs> but, I mean, it. I, I don't think I've been in the experience too often where I didn't find my performers, like, supporting me uh, and I don't know you can always just sweep the scene <laughs> and what if they ignore that <laughs> oh well then you look like a real asshole if they ignore that <laughs> I hate that I hate when nobody when people disregard my or just don't they don't hear they're not listening to what I'm doing and I'm like you know and the yeah, and the, and the scene keeps going. <laughs> like, God damn it. <laughs> but uh, I think that, it, you know, I don't know if you in your experience, have you in your experience had that situation come up where you're feeling like you're not being listened to? No, I, I mean, my experience is very limited. Yeah. I've played, like, <laughs> only a literal handful of shows. So Yeah, because I think that it's um, – whatever you're doing is such – a gift to the the performers on the stage that I think that they're grateful for the information you're giving them. So yeah. they'll they like having something to play with. I, I I've had a lot of people that have told me like I we want you to be more um, you know assertive at the top of scenes. Like give us something because they they love having whatever you can give them. Yeah. So it would be weird for them to like not say something about the fact that I'm doing a queer like offer. So now what if uh, – what, what are sort of the different ways to get into the underscoring, right? How do you – you know, you're following the scene or something mm -hmm. like that, but are you always coming in at the top? Do you come in later? Do you come in hard? Do you come in soft? How do you figure yeah, that out? Yeah, so the thought process about that is you don't want to be scoring the entire show, which I'm sometimes guilty of anyway. <laughs> I, I can really easily want to be in every scene on the piano, so I have to hold myself back sometimes and be like, all right, let me just have them – do their thing and, and it's important to the tone and the arc of the show and the shape of the show that that we have breaks from the piano so yeah. it, it is important but even still so I'll lay out of a scene because I'm like I've already been scoring a lot but they'll do something I'm like oh, I can't like there's like, like they're doing something the lovey here yeah. or then the scene takes a turn and it's like you have to like you have right. to jump on that so it's like if something happens, like I just cannot keep myself. It would be, it, it it's just because if I didn't, it would be fine. But if I do, it's it's only in an instance where I feel like I can heighten this moment. It's just for the sake of heightening a moment. Then then I feel like I, I just have to jump in there and help heighten this moment and and let them know, like yes, keep going down this road. Like that thing you said, this is what it's really about, and yeah. it's helping them. Um, other times I do try to be a little, like, like I mentioned, because I, I, it's been expressed to me that, you know, people appreciate that when, when you give them something up top. So I'll try to like, if, when they're right going into the scene, I'll just start off with, um, or something like that. And this is a sad scene or it's like, 
something. Just yeah. set a playful tone. Just set a tone, and they can get a character out of that. Like they can yeah. they can move their bodies in a way that's going to inspire what the scene's going to be. Um, and you know, some a lot of times people get onto the stage and they strike a pose that makes me so excited, and that's like this is the this is the interaction between these people. Like. Um, Like something like you know, yeah. just a, a, a body shape that that in a face that's like, oh, this is a fancy, tango or something. Yeah, like that. there's yeah. some like tension in here. Or, I don't know. That was not my best example of underscoring just then, but <laughs> but I would make that work in a show. Yeah. <laughs> so another problem that I've seen is you know you seem you like to come in pretty strong. It looks like with mm-hmm. like the clear offer. Mm. How do you if I'm have if I'm doing a good job? I'm yeah. not always doing a good job. <laughs> Fair enough. But so when you do that, especially like at an emotional turn in a scene, mm. how do you communicate? No, this isn't a song. I don't want oh, you to sing well, now. Well, that's funny. That's interesting because um, I again that's a problem that had not a problem, but that's a, a situation that has come up a few times that surprised me when I was yeah. you know yeah just doing like. This is a tense situation or something. Yep. And this is like, oh, you know, okay, all right, good, good. I'm glad this is a song now. Like, yeah. and we're gonna make this now a song. And that did sound like it could be a song. This does sound like it could be. Um, this, to me, is not an introduction to a song. But somebody could make that a song, and it's fine if they do. And I'll come in with some something else to make it feel more like a song. But for me, this is just like, you know it. Like, <laughs> something like like an interrogation kind of yeah. thing. And I love this um, also just, uh, like, this is one note that you're playing, and it still gives it so much color. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I feel like a lot of the times, at least I get intimidated by, especially fancy restaurant, I have to play something really <laughs> flourishy. And, yeah, 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 right. Um, yeah, I, that's, I get intimidated by fancy restaurant, too. <laughs> like, I don't think I have, like, necessarily those kinds of, th- that music in my hands, but I yeah. can fake it, like... A major, major sevens, and just go to major sevens. That's a fancy <laughs> all major thing, sevens, right? Yeah, right. So, what are what are some other common uh, patterns you'll go to? Patterns, um, yeah, like or oh, emotions or you know, situations. So, so going getting back to like when I first started out um, and the job was described to me and I got very excited about underscoring. I specifically uh, was like, oh, you mean like in Strangers with Candy? I don't know if you've seen that that show. It's, no, it's with, um, it was, you know, in the late 90s. It was Stephen Colbert and Amy, Amy Sedaris. Oh, um, right, yeah. And it was a parody of after school specials. And I, you know, it was it's just still one of my favorite comedies. And they had the most overly simplistic as you know, as befits the genre of a after-school special, everything is emotionally way oversimplified, and everything is resolved. And there's like there's stock happy track, the stock sad track, and the stock like suspense track, and and you know, you know like. Like, this is the, like, oh, I guess it's all going to be fine after all. And that's, like, exactly what I love doing um, in it because it just paints everything overly simplistically. But that's what's good. Right? Simplicity is yeah. good. And um, and then there's, like, uh, you know, this 
cheesy little dramatic sad music. Yeah. So I, I do that kind of like. And that was just an A minor, right? Yeah, just A minor, <laughs> right? Thank you. That, that's, <laughs> I could do it in B right, flat minor. Right, um, but yeah, so I, I'll, I often go to. <laughs> cheesy, like. I can do it in a different key, like. But, no, you know. <laughs> that kind of thing. Although you have to be really careful though that it's not dragging energy down. Like what I was just, right. the way I was just playing is, was kind of like an energy drag. So you still want to be like, you know, <laughs> everything's yeah. got a little, a little something to it, a little energy to it. Um, or if, if you're in love, like, you know, just, so that is a one to the four. Five and then a little all over the three, yep. and this is just um, you just don't you know. And if, if you're in a, you can get to a minor chord as a passing little bit of color. Um, but I you know it's super. But sad is minor chords with a going like down to the six, the yeah. one, and then to the to the yeah. four for like a deepening of it. And then um, other patterns, like <laughs> something about like <laughs> like Danny Bellell. This is something like his characters kind of <laughs> give me this little <laughs> like I, I just love making them because then like the performer will like Danny will like respond by heightening that physicality and get, he likes that and it's just like silly. It, I just love silly. Um, I don't know. That's just uh, you know on the that one chord. I don't move a lot. I don't move yeah. around a lot in underscoring. So I'll just like stay on the chord as long as it's you're still being alive in that like even just that one note. As long as you stay present in that one note, if it, it becomes a problem if you're like tuned out. And this happens sometimes. Right. Like sometimes <laughs> I'm like I'm doing this for like five minutes. Where's the scene going? Like, and it's like, and now everything's just a drag. It's starting to drag yeah. the scene down. So you have to be careful not to, you know, you can just stay on one note, but you have to make sure you're 100% present and have 100% intention with that one note the entire time you're doing it. And the minute yep. you don't have intention, that's, you know, yeah, I still recently have had shows where you're, the scene's going on and you're like, are we doing like what are we doing yeah. and how are we getting out of the scene or, actually that's it so that's a question are you ever you know you come into the scene at the top and then you're like oh i really shouldn't be right. here yeah, yeah 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 that happens sometimes where it's like um that that's one example i'm just trying to think of like another th situation where like this yeah. is like let's get up and go kind of energy and yeah. like just as a hypothetical but let's say i came in really strong up top yeah. and it's like hey and then like we're about a minute and a half into the scene and we haven't found it yet and it's yeah. not like this is starting to sound disconnected from what they're playing and that's so you have to like find an artful way in that situation to pivot <laughs> subtly yeah. like subtly pivot what you're doing in a way that it's not like sticking out like suddenly the, there's like uh if if it let's say that this is happening on in the piano but it's taken a turn like it's a sad turn now yeah. and uh and they're not we're not connecting with this anymore then 
you know, you just have to walk to another thing and then and just get out, get out. Yeah. And I hate having to get out during the scene. Like I, I feel like it's now suddenly like air went out when I, if I take the piano out, yeah. but if I leave the piano in, the whole thing is sinking. Like, I don't know. Right. It's, it's a choice you have to make about the, the energy in that moment. So is there anything, can you like make an offer in that moment that would change the scene then? Or is that like, if the ship's going down, uh, just like. You know like... what? It, it's like, for, for me, it's not about changing the scene. It's like finding the thing that's already in the scene that you can really heighten and grab hold of. So like, yeah. let's, this is the point. This is why we're still in the scene. Where's the point that we're still in the scene? It's it's this thing, whatever the thing is in the relationship or whatever. What quality can we grab hold of right now? So like, you know, in that that sometimes happens where it's like in ideally you want to get to that point right in the beginning, but we all have scenes where, you know, we've been wor we've been talking a lot and we still haven't found it, but as long as we can find just hey, you know what? This I this isn't about that. This is like really like I'm. I have to you know like I'm sorry. Like you know yeah, <laughs> if yeah, a character yeah. just finds the real thing in the bottom of why they've been arguing. Like oh, you know what I'm sorry. I'm and sorry. then you highlight and it. Then, and then and now the energy's back. We found our like we found the direction and we found where we need to go. So it's just we got to dig deeper to find that thing. That's yep. all. Okay, so we've talked about things that can go wrong in scenes. What let's talk about things that go great. Hey, like who are yeah. the people that you. Hmm. love to play with you know what do you like God. to see like with a really playful cast or something like yeah, that? yeah like well playful like i already mentioned danny bowell he's and Corey o'rourke those two like they just are so silly and so stupid playful that i love it and it just makes me playful too with them and i i have like we're like little they're like little kids and i'm like a little kid and we're just like and that's that is the heart of that's the heart of Improv, good improv and good music direction in improv um, to have that kind of childlike spirit. We talk about theory, music theory and, and technique, but um, that playfulness, not caring what you're doing, just doing it with like playfulness. And even if you bash on the keys, and I won't do that with your piano, but, <laughs> but I'll like bash on the piano and I'll do that and do things like that yeah. without, you know, and then it's, you're just playing and that's, there's no wrong notes when you're doing, when you're playing like that. I love, I mean, I love so many of the people I work with because they, um, in improv, you just get to see the best of people when yeah. they're, they're a hundred percent, um, committed when they are not afraid to commit that's when you see them like go places that make you want to go places with them cool so let's talk about different kinds of shows because i've been wondering you you started out at ib i think playing face off right which is our fast-paced yeah. late night uh show very short form uh based yeah very aggressive very fast, fast uh versus something like downton ib which you said was you know a very specific genre right <laughs> Um, um, that was a gig I just did last night. It was a different Downton Abbey themed nice. <laughs> show, so it's still in my life. Uh, yeah, so there's been like all different. Oh, I love it. I love new. Um, I love again flavors, like a flavor of show, like Face Off is like, like Yo Mama, like they're doing like yeah. uh, those kind of like interactive uh, or, or competitive things with each other, and then um, Downton IB, where you get like you get to like do find like the dowager countess i i would come up with motifs for for all the different characters okay. that would come back every time and that was a fun new thing to try um and then how's 
How do you remember character motifs? Oh, it was really a new thing for me to learn to remember them because I I can barely remember what the song earlier in the show sounded like. When right, we call right. back songs, it's never the same exact. So I, even in the middle of a song, I couldn't like I'll the verse changes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you go to the bridge and then you're like, "Oh shoot, what was the verse?" Yeah, like I'll remember the chorus enough, but you know, the chords will definitely Yeah, this is what here like the technique and the like the theory really is secondary because yeah. like this if this is my chorus the first time around this is my chorus and then we've gone to the bridge now and blah 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 coming back into it and it's like this is the chorus but you know right. there's different chords happening there but yeah. the melody is close enough and the everything is close enough that you fake it but that said, I did do a good job of that instance. Uh, you come up with like, I couldn't tell you now what it was, but I, you know, you come up with something, something that's a little off that your brain will, it'll kind of stick in your brain so that you can remember it later. Yeah. Um, I love genre things like, um, you know, that's the organ trail music yeah. and then you just find little variations on that to score and you're scoring things again like you're still focusing on the emotion of a scene but you know you, you get to play with genre a little bit and then Bissini's mysteries you get to like do mysterious kind of underscoring stuff for it um, but that cast is so fun and they're they're again people who make me excited to play any uh, other thoughts on underscoring that you want to share? I don't have underscoring. any Underscoring. Keep it simple, stupid. Like, that's yeah. that's my uh, feeling about underscoring. Just keep it super simple. Um, don't try to do too much. That's the thing. So you don't if, – if people are looking at you and seeing what you're doing, then that's – they aren't doing the best job. Like, you have to do it in such a way that it's, like, not even – it's part of what's going on on the stage, and nobody's even – people forget that there's a pianist. So you want to do things that are so – understated that they're they're only serving what's going on on stage and not calling attention to the music uh well thanks for mm -hmm. coming on the podcast today Thank and you, scott being so guest number two yay